Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast, your go-to source for personal, professional, and organizational growth and development. We hope you tune in often for all things people management, organizational development and change, organizational leadership, and social impact related. Maximize your personal and organizational potential with Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. In this HCI podcast episode, I talk with Sung Ree about Optimal's Optimal Choice Rankings, the best colleges for the 99%. Sung Ri, welcome to the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. Thank you, John, for having me. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, I'm super excited to have a nice conversation with you. Today, we're going to be exploring your company, Optimal, and Optimal Choices rankings of the public universities. Um, you, it's framed as the best colleges for the 99%. We'll unpack that, but I, I love that framing. And ultimately, accessibility, right? It's about having high-quality education that's accessible, that's affordable, and that can make an impact for uh, the future labor force for for people going out and having successful, meaningful, impactful, and, and fulfilling careers. Uh, so that's what we're going to be exploring together today. As we get started, I wanted to share Sung's bio with everybody. Sung Ri's passion is in education, technology, and real estate. He is the founder of Optimal, formerly SR Education Group, where they publish information on colleges and give out scholarships. He is also the managing director of Optimal. Prior to this, he was also a founder of B Air and general manager at Microsoft. He has experienced many successes and failures in life. Through it all, he has learned three valuable lessons. First is that building a real business is really, really hard. Second is that there's nothing more energizing than the belief that you're building something that can change the world. And third is that people matter more than anything else in business. I love those life lessons. I think we'd all do well um, to, to adopt those in our own personal lives and how we interact with others. Uh, Sung, anything else you would like to share with listeners by way of your background before we dive on into the conversation? Um, no, I mean, I think that summarizes it all. I love what I do. Excellent. Excellent. And in the pre-interview, when we were just chatting, I had to note, I was actually aware of, of your organization and your rankings because the university I'm a professor at happens to be top of the list in affordability uh, in terms of low tuition. And that's something we pride ourselves on. We try to keep uh, tuition rates low. We try to be accessible. Uh, we have about 45% of our um, students are first generation college students. And we just want to make sure that people have an opportunity to really um, tap into a great education that will be impactful in their career. We're not as high as some of the universities in terms of our um, our wages upon leaving the university. And so salary score is lower, but you know, we're in the top third uh, for, for salaries uh, and for, for alumni uh, and coming in at the, the lowest tuition rate. That's a pretty good value in uh, affordability. So that's something we're very proud of. Um, but this is, you know, your, your life's mission is around um, this education space and how to provide opportunity. And you frame this report, the optimal choice rankings, as the best colleges for the 99%. Uh, tell us a little bit more about that, um, what, why you frame it that way, and why that's important to you. 
today when you're talking about college rankings, like all the, all the chatter, all the rankings, uh, it's really about the few elite universities, right? And U.S. News comes up. U.S. News is, uh, and, uh, they're, they're the best known for their rankings uh, system. And they've uh, published the, uh, they publish their rankings year, uh, year after year. And really, you know, you look at their, their, their top rankings and what do you see? You see the IVs, you see, you know, it's either, well, you know, like, is it going to be Harvard, Yale, or Princeton that's going to be at the top? Like, you know, and, and geez, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's great uh, for a lot of those, a lot of the folks who can, who, who are able to um, uh, attend and who have the act, uh, who have the ability as well as the means uh, to be able to attend uh, uh, universities like that. But reality is for, you know, for the 99.99% of the population, it's just not a realistic choice, right? Their, their acceptance rate is, is super low and uh, it's really just, and, and it's, it's a really unpredictable kind of guessing game as to how you can, um, you know, how one even can, you know, gets in. Um, and so, you know, I think the, the rankings game that is played in the college, uh, in the in the colleges and the media today is mostly about this 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 um, you know sort of elite reputation, prestige, and and what it does at the end of the day is it um, uh, it, it makes colleges less uh, ac- accessible. It makes colleges less desirable. Because for, for a lot of people, because it's like, wow, you know, like, you know, the, you know, when you're only talking about the elite universities and it's like, if you can't, if you don't feel like you can get in, it's like, you know, is that, what does that mean for me? Right. And for, you know, for the, for the 99.9% of the population, it's just not a, a viable option. And so what we wanted to do is, you know, we, we, we came out with these rankings and this list of colleges uh, that we think are, that we we like to think of this as the anti-U.S. news um, rankings list. All right, uh, this is this is for like everybody, right? Every like for most of the population, they have the ability to um, get into uh, and have access to at least you know a handful, uh, if not many, of uh, these choices. Because this is really about a, a list of uh, colleges that we've curated that has a really great outcome for students uh, using this methodology called salary score, which is our proprietary methodology for measuring the, uh, the effectiveness of the, uh, uh, or, or, or the outcomes of the students, uh, the salary that they earn after graduating, um, as well as their tuition and how affordable it is uh, for for the students. And when you combine those two um, and kind of have this bar of, uh, you know, high salary and high affordability, you know, that that as well as like many of these schools are uh, public universities and, um, uh, you know, even um, uh, for-profit institutions and other, you know, institutions that have a high uh, uh, high acceptance rates, it becomes a real viable and accept uh, and and workable solution for most students looking to uh, further their education. Yeah, and I want to get into 
you know, as much as you can share in terms of the proprietary approach to the rankings and, and the methodology, we can talk about that and some of the challenges you faced and, and how you have, how you brought that about. But I, I love the accessibility piece. Um, nothing against uh, the, the other rankings and there's, you know, they have their place. And, uh, but like you said, 99.9% of the world doesn't go to those universities. They never will have a chance to go to those universities. Um, but they still want to prepare for the future of work and to have successful, meaningful, fulfilling careers. And they can do that at other universities. So I look at mine, for example, I'm at Utah Valley University, and we are the largest university in the state of Utah, about 42,000 students. And Utah is not a super diverse place, but uh, we are uh, disproportionately diverse um, uh, for the state of Utah. And we have about 45% of um, first-gen students, and we have tons of non-traditional students, and ultimately we want to, to not only provide a well-rounded liberal arts, you know, education for students, you know, to be good citizens and have successful lives, but we also want to help them become career ready. We want them to be able to go out and immediately kind of be like shovel ready, hit the ground running, go into the workforce, make a difference, make an impact, improve their living conditions because now they're making a great salary. Um, those are the types of things that we're really shooting for. And it's, it's, it's something I feel very strongly about. I could be a professor at many places. Uh, I choose to be here in part because of that inclusive nature. Uh, and I don't know, it's just something has always bugged me, even though I'm in the world of academia and, you know, I went to a, a good school for my PhD and all those sorts of things. Like it's all, academic snobbery has always really bugged me. And I, and, and the kind of the gatekeeping that happens, um, uh, which only perpetuates a lot of the, um, societal divide, uh, that we see, um, it's something that I, I feel like we should disrupt. And so I like being a part of an institution that is helping that to happen. And I really love that you're shining a light on that and, and, and helping students better understand where there are great options for them all over the country, uh, where they can go that's affordable, that's going to help them get a really great education, and that's going to help them go out and have great careers and great lives. Absolutely. I mean, you know, we, there, there are two goals with this, right? Like in terms of like solving the bigger uh, problem. Um, one is to kind of draw attention uh, in terms of uh, students' decision-making process to focus on the outcome and tuition because, you know, one of the biggest uh, economic and uh, you know, uh, systemic problem that we have in this country is this massive 1.7 trillion, 1.8 trillion dollar student, uh, you know, student loan debt. Um, and for many students who can't make the, uh, who can't, who don't have the salaries and who don't have the income to be able to pay, pay those debt loads, it is crushing, right? It is crushing. And it really just kind of sets back their lot their lives um, and uh, for you know decades having to having having such a high debt load that they have to pay off and that's you know basically taking away from their ability to you know purchase a house or you know enjoy life or you know support a family start a family all of those things right and so it's it you know this 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 the the, the college affordability and you know, the student, student loan and debt that, that we've accrued uh, because of uh, the high cost of education, um, it's, a, it's a huge societal issue, right? Uh, and so we want to kind of, you know, so our, our goal with this ranking is to kind of, you know, bring focus to focus on those issues and, and just, 
really uh, give students an opportunity to say to to recognize and see how you know yeah you know what they're you know focusing on outcome is important focusing on uh, affordability is super important you know once we're able to kind of do that uh, for a lot of other students and uh, get uh, get more exposure I think it will it will change people's behavior and we will be able to solve you know uh, solve the, the the big the big problem that we face today so that's that's part the one one part of the goal of, of this ranking the second is to bring like you said, like bring uh, exposure, light, and visibility to institutions like, uh, you know, like the Utah Valley University, and be able to um, uh, be able to recognize them as really solid, viable, uh, great options for people to in, to take the next step in their journey, get get educated, prepare for the world. Um, and, 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 and find ways to make a great living and, and as well as, you know, adding value and doing whatever the things that they, they feel passionate about doing um, without necessarily being, um, you know, all being overloaded with student loan debt and, uh, and having that causing cause a massive stress in their lives. So those are kind of the two goals that we want to we wanted to accomplish with optimal choice rankings. Yeah, I love it. I love it. I, I think it's just such a, an important work. Um, now, let's talk a little bit about the challenges of doing the rankings um, and to the extent you're willing and able um, about how you go about doing them. Um, can you describe a little bit about the methodology and, and then we can get into the challenges? I'm excited to announce the publication of my new book from HCI Press, Bluer Than Indigo Leadership, The Journey of Becoming a Truly Remarkable Leader. Early in my adult life, I learned about an Asian proverb that translates as bluer than indigo. If you think about the color indigo, it is a brilliant, deep, and vibrant blue. What some would call the bluest of blues. To have something that is bluer than indigo is rare and truly remarkable. Contrary to popular myth, there is no one-size-fits-all or cookie-cutter approach to effective leadership. There's no silver bullet, no secret sauce, no go-to model that will solve all of our problems. The truth is, great leaders have all had their unique strengths and flaws, and have all had to discover and then pave their own distinctive path in their life's journey to fulfill their leadership potential. Bluer Than Indigo Leadership will help you discover your own path and explore those ordinary everyday actions that will help you respond to an uncertain future and produce extraordinary results for individuals, teams, and organizations. Yeah, no, I'll, um, uh, you know, obviously like, you know, the, the, a lot of, lot of this is uh, def definitely proprietary, but what we have done is what we have done, we have used uh, the, the data that is uh, out there for uh, public, uh, for that's publicly available actually, um, uh, that uh, the Department of Education uh, provides in terms of how much, uh, what the student salaries are uh, year after they graduate. And um, uh, 
you know, it really kind of reflects the uh, immediate return on the investment of uh, the, uh, their college choice and what it can do for them. Um, and uh, and so and and there there's a, and we are able to break it down on a program by program basis. And so you know, obviously, if you you know want if you are majoring in computer science, you're going to get have a lot higher salary than if you are majoring in you know art history, right? And so, and, and, but the thing that, so the thing is not, you know, so the, the, the main challenge then is to like, how do we compare schools where more people are graduating in, you know, one, one major than the other and have, have make sure that it's not skewing the, the outcome and, 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 and um, uh, confusing uh, the issue. And so the way that we do that is by basically having a, uh, having separate measures based on each, you know, based on each major and just be, uh, and measure, uh, compare each school on a major by major basis so that they are, you know, we're comparing, we're comparing apples to apples across uh, the universities. And then what we do is for each university, we aggregate the, the, the score that uh, from each of those measurements uh, to com come up with a combined uh, by me uh, measure that we call salary score. And it, it roughly approximates to um, an average percentile uh, of um, salary that you would, uh, an uh, a typical student uh, graduating that, uh, from that college should expect for a typical major. And so it really does allow us to uh, compare apples to apples. And it does highlight a lot of the, uh, uh, you know, a lot of the, uh, you know, schools that are, that may not be just all focused on STEM, but still provide really great outcome for students majoring in, you know, um, uh, liberal arts education. Yeah, that's awesome. And so I need to go check out uh, the, the specific rankings for my program to see where we stack <laughs> up to, because I had I, only seen it at the university level. Um, so I'm going to go check that out when we're done talking. That'll be fun. Um, I, I suspect we'll, we'll uh, stack up pretty well uh, and excited to see that. Uh, and of course, anytime you're dealing with these types of rankings and the methodologies, there's always some challenges you've already uh, addressed what, you know, some of those are. Um, ultimately, though, it, it's, it's very worthwhile, even, even when, you know, we, we acknowledge that not everything's perfect in terms of the data that's available, right, in, in trying to make sense of everything, but, um, but it, it still has a lot of value. So that's, that's tremendous. Um, now, so I'm thinking in our, in our remaining time, uh, maybe we could talk about some of those, some of the disciplines that you see as really perhaps rising stars. You already mentioned STEM fields. Those tend to do well in terms of um, uh, providing a lot of opportunity for good careers and income. Were there any surprises though, in terms of some of the disciplines that perform quite well in terms of the salary score uh, that maybe you didn't expect? I would say most of the outcome, uh, most of the, uh, you know, what we found were pretty, very, uh, uh, I don't want to say predictable, but it, it made sense. There, there weren't any major uh, surprises I would, uh, from the from the profession uh, level. Um, you know, I would say like along with STEM, uh, like healthcare 
especially nursing is a very, very strong field. And that's, and so that's, uh, I would, that, that, um, it, you know, in terms of earnings and, um, you know, earning power over time, like it, it, it ranks really well and really strongly and is highly uh, comparable to engineering. Um, and so in, in terms of the strength of the, the earning, earning potential of, uh, you know, some of the healthcare fields, I would say that may be uh, surprising. Not, not that it's surprising that, they, that, that it ranked high, but it was, that it was very, very uh, strong relative to some, you know, things like computer science and, uh, uh, you know, some of the STEM fields that you always kind of hear about. So I'd say that's probably like a surprise. But another surprise I would say is what are the schools that are doing super well in providing education for those, uh, you know, healthcare and nursing fields? And there are a lot of um, for-profit institutions that do a great job and where people uh, with with salaries, uh, uh, people who who graduate from those programs who do an excellent job in terms of uh, their salary outcome post, uh, you know, post graduation, and so you know, schools like Capella University and University of Phoenix, um, University of Phoenix, it's you know, you know, we've all kind of heard a lot about them, and they've gone through in the last decade or so a lot of, um, uh, you know, they they they've been definitely had a lot of negative press uh, for some of their more aggressive marketing tactics in the past. But the outcome does show that they are very strong in terms of the ability to produce uh, high-earning um, nursing uh, nursing grads for their program, and there are some other programs like that that they do a good job. And so, it's um, it is you know what is you know it it does allow us to see that like some of the myth that we have about these you know, and preconceived notions about uh, the the strengths of some of these schools and what we think is true in the past may not necessarily be so. And the data is pretty clear on that. And so I think yeah. that was kind of the, the, the interesting and new insight. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. And I guess as we wrap up, I, I just want to note um, that th- this is important for employers uh, because we're in the midst of this great resignation. The labor market's super tight. It's hard to find good qualified talent um, and attract and retain them sp- uh, particularly in the STEM fields, the healthcare fields, um, that's been a challenge previously already, but now it's just a hyper-intensive, <laughs> uh, competitive kind of a, a labor market. And so we need to be thinking about how to reskill and upskill our workforce. Uh, it's we don't have, you know, the luxury of just like laying people off or getting rid of people who we don't feel have the skills um, just to go out and hire new people those people may not be there um, for a variety of reasons. And so we also need to be thinking about reskilling and upskilling. And a lot of these universities can be one, one good option for that. Um, because because if, if, if I'm looking at it like a tuition benefit for my employees, you know, I can look at affordable institutions that are going to provide, you know, career ready skills for my people and they can be part of that upskilling. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, that's, that's, that's totally true. Wonderful. Well, Song, it has just been a pleasure talking with you today. I really appreciate all the insights you've shared. Um, before we wrap up, I just wanted to give you a chance to share with listeners how they can get connected with you and then give us a final word on the topic for today. Yeah, no, sure. I, you know, so 
We, our, our company's name is Optimal. Uh, the website that we uh, publish these rankings and this list is called Grad Reports, gradreports.com. And you can find plenty of information. This treasure trove of insights and information about colleges and um, what students earn uh, if you um, major in a, a particular major within a particular college. And so we just have a lot of like, very extensive uh, data and insights that really when people come and visit the site, they always tell me, oh my God, if I had, if I seen this site, you know, before I went to, before I decided to go to college and chose my major, like I would have, I would have made a different choice. And so it's like, I hear that every day from people visiting the website. And so it's been really gratifying to see that. So gradreports.com, definitely uh, hit, hit us up for that and, and see, you know, and, 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 and at least inform yourselves if you're, if you're thinking about um, you know, making a, a college choice or helping somebody else, uh, helping a loved one decide about a college or a major. Definitely, you know, th this is a website that everybody should look at. Um, I do want to finish up with one other thought, which is uh, this may be a topic for our next conversation, which is uh, we are also the uh, one of the largest uh, review and ranking site for uh, boot camps coding boot camps and uh, we are you know we, we recently came out with rankings for uh, boot camps based on outcome as well uh, people um, uh, students that graduate from uh, boot camps uh, that are employed in their field and we're the first one one of those we're, we're the first of its kind uh, its kind and boot camps are very interesting it also uh, in that it's an alternative to colleges that solve the same problem, which is an affordable upskilling uh, uh, vehicle for people that are uh, uh, looking to inject themselves into today's tech economy. So very interesting topic, uh, very different dynamics. Um, oh. sure we, there's plenty that we can talk about there as well, but. Perfect, perfect. Well, thank you so much. It has been a pleasure. I appreciate your insights. I appreciate your time. I encourage listeners to reach out and get connected, find out more about what Sun can do for you. And as always, I hope everyone can stay healthy and safe, that you can find meaning and purpose at work each and every day. And I hope you all have a great week. alchemy of truly remarkable leadership, ordinary everyday actions that produce extraordinary results. Consider how the nature of work has shifted over the past 50 years with increased globalization, rapid technological advancement, and the shift in economic composition. The average job of today looks very different than the average job of 50 years ago. What will the jobs and organizations of tomorrow look like? Moreover, what does this all mean for organizational leaders? What are the core competencies and capabilities of organizations and their leadership that are prepared for continued disruption and geopolitical and socioeconomic shifts? Regardless of what the future holds, increasingly, leaders need to be socially minded, data-driven, decisive, champions of talent, and disruptors of the traditional notions of leadership, teams, organizations, and work. The alchemy of truly remarkable leadership will help you to explore your own leadership competencies and capabilities and consider ways to apply and implement them into your workplace and personal life.
check out Human Capital Innovations magazine, Human Capital Leadership. Human Capital Leadership is a free interactive e-magazine with the mission to help individuals, leaders, and organizations find innovative approaches to maximize their human capital potential. We publish issues quarterly in August, November, February, and May. Take a look at the latest issue and let us know what you think. Thanks again for joining us for this episode of the Human Capital Innovations Podcast. I hope you stay healthy and safe and that you have a great week. Check out our new weekly LinkedIn newsletter, Alchemizing Human Capital, exploring industry trends via original research and interviews with executives and thought leaders from across the globe. We look forward to having you join us.